So yesterday, it already sucked because like, you know, yesterday was hot and kind of rainy. And so I was like coming back home and I was like, oh, I hate this. This sucks so much. And I was going to take our garbage cans in like from the curb. And when I went to go take our garbage can back, there was a very dead squirrel ah. in the bottom of our garbage can. Very dead. Yeah. Now, there were parts of it that were still a squirrel. Other parts of it were exposed. Mm-hmm. And there were so many maggots inside yeah. this fucking garbage can. And so, like, I called Rich out and, like, I lifted the garbage can up into a garbage bag so that we could just kind of, like, slide yeah. it all out. But there's still fucking maggots all in our garbage can and it smells like shit. How fucked it? So did a squirrel just hop in and die? I don't know. Like, I almost wonder if, like, it was kind of rainy. Like, maybe it was in a tree and already dead and it just kind of, like, got knocked uh, into no, the I trash can or something. But, like, I have no fucking clue how. It was disgusting. It sounds like the flies wasted no time. No, they, they, they moved. I think they were already in it when it was wherever it was originally. And so I just, like, sprayed bug killer. I was like, I don't know if this works, but I sprayed it with bug killer then i sprayed it with lysol because i was like maybe this will kill them if the bug poison doesn't and i just like left the can open and i have not looked at it in 24 hours and i'm hoping that the next time i do they're just all dead is there like a world at which you're just in which you're just like take the garbage can enough of this enough of this garbage can we're getting a new there was a little part of this thinking like this one is foul right can we just put a sign up this is like this is all garbage Welcome to another episode of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends watch a troubled movie, have a not-so-troubled drink, uh, sit down, shout what was good, what was bad, and how we could do it better. Uh, I'm your host this week for another mini-episode, Lee Delahanty. I'm Brendan Drischler. And I'm Chris Ravel. And uh, we are here to introduce the movie we'll be doing in two weeks, which is 1985's Young Sherlock Holmes. Starring Gene Wilder as Young Sherlock Holmes. Definitely not. <laughs> and Mel Brooks's Young Sherlock I mean, Holmes. Can, That's Sherlock Holmes' younger brother, yes. I'll have you know. And that is a perfectly fine movie. <laughs> I mean, it might be preferable. I mean, this, I, I just realized when I, I was Googling this movie, that the screenplay is written by Chris Columbus. That it is. 1492. (laughs) Columbus made a perfectly serviceable movie with not a lot of personality. That's what he do. Directed by Barry Levinson, uh, starring a bunch of people that uh, you may or may not have heard of. Nicholas Rowe, Alan Cox, Anthony Higgins, Sophie Ward, and the list goes on. They're probably in Masterpiece Theater. Right, I was like, these these are probably some pretty classy actors who we just don't really know that well because we're not, like, British people of a certain age. And they're also, like, mostly theater. Yeah. Like, they were tearing it up in the West End, and they're like, Sherlock, you're a little Sherlock. Everyone's working at the RSC, and when they're time off, they're like, yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Anyone who wasn't top for Excalibur yes. or like Clash of the Titans or something. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's what we'll be doing in two weeks. Uh, yeah. And we're going to need to drink to get through that. Of course. What are we going to be drinking? We will be drinking a good show. And it's going to be two ounces of gin, two ounces of tea, one ounce of honey sage syrup, and half an ounce of lemon juice. And honey sage syrup is pretty much what it sounds like. You know, if you're making a simple syrup, obviously, you got to have one part water, one part honey, and then just throw some sage leaves in there. And then just let it come to a boil, let it cool down and simmer, and then pop it in the fridge once it's all the way cooled down. And that's it. Was it was it sage or thyme that Faith put in the cookies? I think it was thyme. Thyme. That was a good... That was a good... That was a good bite. It was a great bite. It was the bite of the night, if you ask me. <laughs> If you have the vampire, I'll tell you something. <laughs> That'll be a different answer. Yes. 
right. So <laughs> anyways, yeah. Our, our final our final murder mystery in two weeks, and then yep. the summer's summer's done, and it'll immediately be autumn weather, so we won't be quite so hot all the time. It'll immediately yeah, be autumn immediately. weather. It'll immediately yeah. drop to 70 yes, degrees. Yes, on September 1st, we will be wearing long pants again. Yep. Regardless of what jackets. Yeah. Jacket weather, the Duke of Fall will be out. Yes. I have heard speculation, <laughs> though, that, like, maybe we just won't have such extreme winters anymore with how, like, hot everything has just been getting. I mean, I guess that's something. And, like, winters have been getting less extreme over time here. Yeah, but I'm not okay with that. Yeah. I like snow. I kind of like snow, too. I like, live here for it's, snow. It's nice having snow in the winter. I mean, I also just don't... I don't like how hot the summers get here. No, I don't. I mean, I don't like how, some, I don't like how hot the planet is. So, uh, here we are. Anyways. Heat domes. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Off of that cheery topic. Yep. Um, Something as equally cheery a jukebox musical. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is going to be a three-parter. Um, so we we have occasionally done our our, our pitchers mounds. Right, I think is what we used yes, to call them. Yes, pitchers mounds. So pitchers this will mounds. be pitchers mound jukebox musical colon Lee Delahanty strikes back. Yeah. So <laughs> I um, uh, I wanted to do this because I pitched this idea for a mini because I wanted a, I had a specific genre that I would love to see a, a jukebox musical for. And maybe I was going to use band. I can't remember. But I had a, I have, I had a strong I vibe. I vibe. I a didn't vibe. anything more than a vibe. And I caught that vibe. And with a vibe and a song in your heart, <laughs> yeah. what more do you need to take on exactly. the Great White Way? Um, so, and it, it, we were all down for it. And I think we all agreed that um, our, our pitches were going to be too elaborate. Um, and we didn't want to, like, try to cram them into, like, 15 minutes max per yeah. person to do one episode. So we're each going to have our own episode. Right. It'll keep it'll keep the episodes a little bit lighter, because yeah. God willing, they'll be a little bit person. shorter. Yeah. And um, it'll let, you know, it'll let a lot of let the breathe. episode breathe. Yeah. Well, and, like, if we do, you know, end up discussing one longer than the other, then it's not eating yeah. into someone else's time. No, so... I'm going to trim out 15 minutes of that episode just to punish <laughs> whoever did it. <laughs> So I'll launch into mine. Mine is probably going to be one of the longer ones. I'm predicting. I don't know. I could be wrong, but mm, probably. I put in a lot of prep. I put in a lot of prep. I did. I did. I did work on like Fenway Health. Yeah. <laughs> put in a lot of prep. Put in a lot, in of, prep. A lot of prep. So I think we agreed to, to sort of like the the rough idea was to sort of write the Wikipedia summary with like where the songs would go and right. everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me. I'll just introduce um, mine by saying that it was always going to be pop punk. Oh yeah. I mean, so it's a pop punk. Me- Jukebox musical, but of right. a very specific era, and I set a lot of like weirdly specific rules about what bands I was and was not allowed to pick. So, no Green Day, too old. Also, they had their own musical. No Blink One Eighty Two, also just a hair too old. Yeah. For our generation, more my brother, less me. What's your age again? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so there were like bands that like I definitely remember being around when we were graduating um, in high school and also in college and and, and I preferred to pick ones I, I also made sure that I had to include the fe- the like what two or three I think uh, female fronted bands that I could think of um, which <laughs> is Avril Lavigne that's clicking into place a little yeah Avril Lavigne and Paramore are included in the sure. list sure because I just felt like I, we had to I mean, I'm not gonna I mean RB are, yeah. which was he a skater boy? And she said, "No, I didn't use." You'll see. Either, You'll see which yeah. ones I used. Um, I also didn't include. There might be some bands that you're thinking are conspicuously absent. So I did not include Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, or MCR. MCR's too much on the emo side, oh, too yeah. rock opera y. I never really listened to Fall Out Boy, but I also considered those two bands, Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco, to be like a bit of a different vibe than the bands I picked. So the bands I picked were bands like Good Charlotte, All Time Low. 
Um, Sub 41, they're more of like a punky, more of like a like rambunctious kind of a vibe, like a eh, like a whiny SoCal. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't, I think Fall Boy and Panic at the Disco are trying to do something a bit different and more. Yeah, I mean, like Panic at the Disco is did kind of almost like musical affectations. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like they were a bit like, more theatrical, like theatrical, yeah, and a bit more genre bending, I think. Um, so anyway, um, this is very much like. <laughs> we were talking about before the start where it was like the what's his that's moving out musical Billy Joel yeah. Billy Joel yeah. musical was like about boomers growing up so this is basically about millennials growing up love it um, so I I think it's called Underclass Heroes that's one of the songs I used but I could be called any number of other song titles it could be called Casualties of Society but I did not include Sub 41's Fat Lip because wow. it really is not wasn't the pick mm-hmm. for Sub 41 um, so I guess, should I just launch it? Do you want the characters before I do the summary, or? Um, I guess so, huh? I guess that would make the most sense. Yeah, yeah. I can, because I can kind of go over them before I launch into, like, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so there's five characters that I primarily focus on. Uh-huh. Three of them are probably more important to have more focus, um, which is probably, not, probably nonsensical to have five main characters anyway. <laughs> Um, but so you have uh, Travis, and Travis is your sort of stereotypical like front man for or for a pop punk band. Natch. So this is like a, a group of four friends who are in a band in high school, mm-hmm. um, and the fifth one is like in high school. She's like a she's like a, a popular preppy girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so Travis in. We'll talk about them in their high school selves, and then we'll reveal as this plot goes on what their fate is. <laughs> uh, but Travis is in a band with his friends Julia, who, Ju- sorry Juliet, who he's dating. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know anything about some of these bands, some of these names are going to tip. Yes, off I songs. assume this is very. I'm, I'm trying to think of like <laughs> God, like or, or, like Sherry. there are so many other jukebox people who are like when you have like Sherry in like yeah. Rock of Ages. No, it's like obviously we're, I we're doing this. Easily change the names. <laughs> it could have been different names, but I just did it for this particular draft. Um, change their names, but you could change the names of the characters, and also as long as it has the same cadence, it would still work. But I didn't. Um, so Juliet, Travis is dating Juliet. Um, Travis is—he's like a guy with a lot of main character energy, um, <laughs> and he thinks he's hot shit in high school, as a lot of people tend to do. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm different. I'm a rebel. I'm right. a wild child. That's his vibe. They can't be contained. Um, Juliet is a more of a like um, chaotic, angry girl, like a riot girl energy kind of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is also a bit like that, but she's more like, her anger is more like justice-minded, like she's more righteous I would say than Travis, who's kind of a bit self-absorbed I would say. Um, then you have uh, Matt, who's the sensible gay one of the group. Natch. Um, Thank you. Matt is the one who is basically <laughs> like wrangling all of his other friends together. I probably should have mentioned Riley first because Riley is the emo kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's known as like the, the the quiet, sensitive, smart one um, who's like, you know, writes the, writes the poems that make their songs um, and, you know, is a little, you know, just a little emo kid. Um, quiet, smart, you know, intellectual. Um, so that's the band. And then you have uh, Maria, who is the other character, who she's in high school. She's like a popular puppy girl. Who like is a little bit taken by Travis, mm-hmm. um, but Travis is not interested because she's n- too normy. <laughs> um, so with that said, I'm I can too far on the edge. Yeah, I can launch into the summary that I've written. Yeah. All right. So Act One, Travis, a rambunctious wannabe rock star, is a senior nearing graduation at average American high school. <laughs> Along with his friends and bandmates, Juliet, a chaotic anti-establishment troublemaker, Riley, a quiet, introverted poet and artist, 
and Matt, the sensible and level-headed of the group who tries to keep everyone in line. A typical literature class devolves into chaos after the teacher's questioning of what Travis will do after high school leads to him and his friends proudly declaring their disregard and apathy for the rules of society. Cue the anthem by Good Charlotte. (laughs) Good. Uh, The other kids in class roll their eyes and look down on them, but popular and preppy Maria take special notice of Travis. After Travis, uh, Travis and Juliet sneak off to make out while Matt meets up with his boyfriend in a different hideaway. Cue hands down by dashboard confessional. Nice. Um, the next day, as everyone is discussing their anxieties about graduating, noting that Riley seems as unbothered as always, uh, which makes sense since the, he since they see him as the smartest. Riley shrugs it off, but after everyone leaves, he suffers a panic attack and wonders why he feels like he needs to hide this part of himself. Cue everything is all right by Motion City soundtrack. Um, later that day, Travis and Juliet argue about graduation. Riley is going to the local college, and Juliet has plans to enroll with Matt in a state school hours away, but Travis thought they would try to make the band work first. <laughs> Just as Juliet asks Travis if he really doesn't have a backup plan, the pair encounter Maria, who makes an unsuccessful attempt to convince Travis that he should ditch Juliet and date her instead. Cute girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. There we go! <laughs> Graduation finally arrives, and Travis and the gang celebrate with a final night in the town before some of them go their separate ways. Cue The Great Escape by Boys Like Girls. Oh, that's a good one. It's a great song. (laughs) Um, Travis gets the group to promise that no matter where they go, they'll meet back here every summer to work on the band. As the years progress and the band starts to drift apart from conflicting, conflicting commitments, the four friends try to pretend everything's the same, even though they all feel a little stung and betrayed by the others. To welcome to my life by a simple plan. <laughs> um, these are some great needle drops, as far as I'm concerned. It's it's really it is legitimately taking me back to high yeah. School it's very <laughs> of a time, welcome as they say. Welcome to my life. To my life. <laughs> Ultimately, Matt is the last person to walk away from the band, tired of figuring, tired of trying to change their style of music just to make it big rather than do what they love. You figure me up by the summer set. This is a much less. This is a newer band. No one would know this one but me. Um, <laughs> I've heard of the name. I don't know. Yeah, they're newer. They're not. Sounds familiar. They're not of a time. They're not of necessarily of this time, but they're of our time. But uh, but I guess of high school. Of of a style. Yes, they're definitely the style. Um, Frustrated and saddened by being left alone, Travis writes a new song, letting out his feelings about the band breaking up. Cue "Truth of My Youth" by that was Newfound Glory. Um, I don't think I know that one. Yeah. It's new, yeah, it's I wanted a new fun glory song, and a lot of them are really just dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that, one, fun. that one made sense to put in. Um, so that's not a banger from it's not like a hit for sure. Uh, he quickly records it and uploads it to YouTube where it goes viral and ultimately lands in a record deal. Meanwhile, Julia Sorry, can I stop you real quick? I'm just yes. curious. What year is this set in? So it starts, like, I would imagine contemporary to our high school graduation, so like 2005-ish. Okay. And then this would be, like, Welcome to My Life is like a montage of several summers going by. Okay, okay. Um, so there is a time confusion okay. there. Because there's, it's like, gradu- the great escape is like the graduate high school, and then it's like, we sort of flip through right. some years. Okay, no, that makes sense. I was just curious where we were. Yeah. So this is, well, it'll become very obvious what you're about <laughs> at the end of Act 1. Barack Obama is elected <laughs> president. Basically, sort of. Sort of. Um, meanwhile, Juliet has become disenchanted with both uh, college life and her relationship with Travis, who increasingly acts like a different person. Cue complicated by Avril Lavigne. <laughs> yes. uh, Travis, on the other hand, is blindsided and bewildered by the new world he finds himself in. Celebrity status by Mariana's Trench. Um, you can play that one for me. It's a good song. It's a good song. Um, on their third summer home, Riley has earned a scholarship to study at NYU and has built up the nerve to invite Julia to go with, uh, to join him as he doesn't think he can go alone. At the same time, Travis has been whisk- whisked off to a, this is a crazy ending, 
Um, I did. I cheated and did some mashups. Yeah, I don't think that's cheating. You yeah. can do that. At the same time, Travis has been whisked off to a strip club and is surprised to see Maria working as a dancer to earn money for her student loans. Watching her dance, we his creativity, realizing they weren't so different. Uh, this is a reprise of The Great Escape, uh, mashed up with Check Yes, Juliet, mashed up with Dear Maria, Count Me In. <laughs> I've already found, actually, I didn't know this existed, but there was a bad, ver- a, not a perfect version of this, but somebody has done this on YouTube. Um, we end on a hopeful note just before a musical and metaphorical crash as the 2008 financial crisis hits. Potential <laughs> doom for the guy. <laughs> the, right, and I know that one. Yeah, so act two, we are time, we're time skipping to okay. present day. To, well, some at some point in the future. I haven't decided if it's present day or not. It depends on how old I want them to be. Um, so, act two starts with a quick narration of all of the unprecedented events that happened from 2008 to now to reveal that in the aftermath of act one, Juliet could not afford to join Riley due to the financial crisis hitting her family hard. Travis approached Maria after seeing her dance, but was instantly rebuffed, as she, unimpressed with his new fame, had no interest in being the object of his fascination after being turned on by him in high school. Uh, ten years later, I said, everyone has just now entered their 30s, so I don't know where that puts us, to about five years ago, I guess. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Um, and Juliet, now Jules, going by they-them pronouns, Fights off a mugging attempt late at night in the city before stumbling home drunk. Cue Tell Me I'm Alive by All Time Low. Uh, she ends up wandering into Matt's neighborhood where he lives with his new partner, Tom. Matt is currently chafing against becoming the casualty of society he never thought he'd be <laughs> and reminisces on the time he used to spend with his friends after seeing the invite to their high school reunion. Cue Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. Um, is... Uh, Casualty of Society uh, lyric? It's a lyric. Of a new song? No, it's a lyric from Fat Lip, but I just. I was gonna say, I thought I recognized yeah. it. Um, which is why I felt like it's cheating to call it that because I didn't use that song. Because that song's stupid, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jules enters their apartment uninvited, raging about life and all its unfairness, and Matt does his best to sober them up despite Tom's annoyance. Riley enters seemingly from nowhere to the sound of a message notification and chimes in that this is the third time this month. Though Riley has moved to NYC, he still avidly communicates with the group over social media, and his presence is felt by Jules and Matt. Matt, so this is where, uh, to cut into staging notes a little bit, I sort of envisioned that, like, there's, he's not actually, he's there on stage, but it's not really him. It's just, like, a manifestation of him messaging them, basically. Um, And that'll become, this is going to tie in later. Um, Matt asks if they're all going to the high school, if if they all got the high school reunion as well. Invite, sorry, Matt sentence doesn't make sense. Matt asked if they all got the high school reunion invite as well, but Jules and Riley quickly scoff at the notion of going. Jules reveals as they sober up that this time they got drunk because their parents insist Jules get a real job instead of flipping from gig to gig. The three agree that they can figure out their their figure their own lives out and their parents and peers should just leave them alone. Cue underclass hero by Sub 41. Um, which is a good one. That's the one where it's like, I, I'll play, I might have to play a sample of that because that's a good one. Uh, Jules finishes sobering up and heads home, accompanied virtually by Riley, who they've grown closer to since high school. Riley is also still conversing with Matt, who worries about Jules and inquires after Riley's life, who dodges answering by defending Jules. Uh, Jules says goodnight to Riley, who wishes he were with them, but hopes he's happy in NYC. After Jules leaves, Riley reflects how thankful he is for his friends and how terrified he is that they'll stop talking to him someday. Cue with me by some 41. Uh, meanwhile... Success is not sitting well with Travis, who has done well with his new band, but has grown disenchanted with the profits-driven demands on his musical direction and style. His agent asks him if he plans to attend his high school reunion as a publicity stunt, noting that classmate and up-and-coming pop star Maria has already RSVP'd yes. 
Travis re-encounters Maria at a nightclub that night, and the two circle each other. Travis, intrigued by her transformation, and her amused by his celebrity angst, and they ultimately begin a secret affair. Uh, this is a mashup of Just the Way I'm Not by All Time Low and Dirty Little Secret by All American Retrace. <laughs> I'll keep you my dirty little secret. Yeah. Just another egret. That's <laughs> all I hear when I listen to that song. Just another egret. Um, rumors of this relationship quickly spread, and to put up the fire, Travis's agents start another by start another one by digging through his yearbook and finding photos of of uh, Juliet. Fans of Travis soon dox Jules, and his reputation takes another hit due to Jules' checkered past and their current non-binary gender identity. Cue rumor mill by We Are in the Crowd, which is another female fronted band to lesser known. Um, Travis, still too burned from their past and hesitant to approach Jules, visits Matt to ask after Jules, sorry that they got embroiled in his mess. Riley enters the conversation to admonish Travis, and Travis privately notes a surprise to Matt that Riley is in NYC. The last Travis had heard Riley, uh, of, of Riley was that he had never left town. Uh, before Travis leaves, Matt asks if he still plans on going to the reunion. Travis admits that he, what he wants the most is to play with them as a band again, and Matt becomes determined to make that happen. Back in Travis's work life, his career continues to take a hit due to the rumors, particularly after vehemently defending Jules and being unrepentant about his relationship with Maria. Jules finally meets Travis again for the first time in 10 years, and the two reconcile as Travis finds he doesn't mind his current situation as much as he thought he would. Hugh Ain't It Fun by Paramore. Uh, Matt, meanwhile, has done his own digging and discovered Riley's current address, where he shows up unannounced, interrupting Riley's own narration of the story, because I imagine he's maybe narrating some of these events. Um... After Riley calms down from his initial freakout, he explains what really happened 10 years ago. He did get the scholarship, uh, but the prospect of going alone was too terrifying. He thought if Jules could come with him, he could cope, but when they could no longer join him, he fled home. He fled back home, rather. He tells Matt he's not the cool, quiet, calm, smart one they think he is, and that underneath it all, he's a tangled mess of mental health issues. But even as he insists, even as he insists that Matt leave him alone and not tell anyone he's here, Matt assures Riley that they are all, in fact, a tangled mess of mental health struggles and that he'll be back to make sure Riley comes to the reunion. Cue Sleep in the Snow by Yellow Card. Left alone, Riley puts on some of the band's old favorite albums that they listen to for inspiration, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and thinks about Matt's words, while Matt, in turn, has a heart-to-heart with Tom, telling him that he values their relationship and life together, but that he also needs to reconnect with the music and friends that he loves. Um, Jules reads a message from Matt telling them that they should come to the reunion to remember what was fun about life rather than being angry about it all the time, and Travis builds up the courage to ask Maria to come to the reunion with him publicly as a date. Cue a praise chorus by Jimmy Eat World. Uh, at the reunion, after the hubbub dives, dies down from Travis and Maria's arrival, Travis joins Jules and Matt. Matt explains the situation with Riley, saying he hasn't seen him yet. They start to leave to search for him, but realize his name tag is already gone, and instead search the school grounds and find him hiding in the bleachers like they used to in high school. Uh, Riley explains he was quickly overwhelmed by the crowd and apologized for lying to everyone. Uh, they all reaffirm their, su- reaffirm their support, you keep holding on by Avril Lavigne. The group asks if Riley wants to go, but he insists on staying, confessing that he had even written a new song. Travis, excited, ushers them all inside to take on to take and takes over the stage, calling his friends and Maria up one by one to join him in performing it. Cue the finale, uh, punk rock songs by Patent Pending and Where I Belong, which is like a huge, it's like, it's like State Champs, uh, Civil Plan, and another band is also reflected in that, but it's a, it's a collab. It's a good song. Wow. So my, that's it. Can I see your synopsis? Yes, you Just can. Just I'm going to like um, look at it real quick. I, I was holding on to this thought that I had early on when you were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Average American high school, uh, 
acronyms out to Oz. And <laughs> the Oz. It's almost just like, I don't know, the screams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a lot of fun, though. Yeah. I, so it went through a lot of quick iterations in my head. Some of the characters did. Matt started off um, being... He was always gay, but in one of the versions, he was they, he had already married and adopted a kid. Um, so were the uh, what were your the, the rules that you were working within? Was it just like? Well, it was like music. Period? Yeah, it was. It was so like a lot of these bands would cite Green Day and Blink One Eighty Two as their inspiration, versus like being. So I wanted it to be like very rooted to a time, and also. Some of the songs I picked in Act 2, and frankly, and then I moved some of them to Act 1, but, like, Tell Me I'm Alive and uh, Where I Belong are, like, song, recent songs from some of these bands, so it's, like, I like the idea of seeing these bands' actual perspectives on where they are now versus where they were mm. at, in high school. So I, I, I did some of that. Um, and, yeah, just wanting to include... Um, I was like, I have to obviously I have to have the hits, so I tried to include some hits, but I didn't want to just put hits at at the expense of plot. I was like, how am I gonna? I initially wasn't gonna put Dear Maria Count Me In because that's such a specific song. It's a song about like going to a strip club and finding a stripper and being, who used to used to go to high school with. Which doesn't feel like it's necessarily worth just to have the name match up. Exactly. Yeah, I think that was a good call. Well, I did use it. Yeah, she used it at the end. Oh. I'm saying initially I was like I I was it, I wasn't gonna use it and then I it just ended up working to like include that as a plot point because I I like wasn't really sure where I was going with Maria for a bit because I think I wanted someone to sing some of these other songs like girlfriend it makes sense and I was like I like, kind of liked the arc of her initially she was just gonna be like a successful career woman in Act Two and then I was like I guess it'd be good if she like became a successful musician in her own right yeah. Well, and then it's, um, I think it makes sense that you want to have another female lead to kind of yes. fill out. I needed another female lead for sure. The female-led songs. Yeah. So this is what, uh, just two things that I'm thinking of here, just from skimming this again real quick. And maybe I missed something on the first one in particular. Yep. So tell me if I missed something here. So, because Act 1 ends with him seeing, Travis seeing Maria again. And it's yep. like, I want that, basically, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. she's fucking out when I get with that. And then Act 2 starts them being like, but it didn't happen. Yep. And then it goes up, but then they like they do get back together. They do get together rather later in Act Two, yes. right? I feel like I would omit him even trying to get with her at the end of in Act the One. End of Act One. It's not so like some of these songs. The thing is, a lot of these songs are like with me. For example, is like it sounds very romantic, but the uh-huh. way that I wanted to use it was less about like romance and more about like just a general relationship like, yeah being like wanting to like not lose your relationship with a person so dear maria and dear maria Count Me in isn't even necessarily romantic like the way that he's singing that uh-huh. he's sort of singing like he's like rejuvenated by seeing this part like wow this is like i never thought i'd see this like crappy girl stripping and right. like, now i want to like go and tell your story or whatever so i think it's more it's less of like a romantic thing and it's more like um like i was I was feeling a bit stale and like I was feeling a bit like like I don't know I you know adrift in my career but now I'm inspired and now I'm inspired by your yeah I think I would still just omit the idea that like he tried to get with her and she said no anyway like even if he's still saying that like wow this inspires me yeah even if he doesn't tell her that you know like he could even be singing this without like coming up to her afterward and being like so you just omit going up to her okay right yeah because I think because the idea that it's one of those things where it's like 
like when you're watching a show, it's like, God, how many times is like are these characters not going to get together <laughs> come, before yeah. they get together? So, well, like, yeah, just the way I'm not is a song I wanted to include just because I really like that song. Um, but it's curtain call, huh? Curtain call. Is it, yeah. But it is like, but it's a, it's a, it's like a very like specific combative love song where they're like, where they're like I, I hate you, but I want to fuck you. Mm. That's basically the vibe of the song. So I, I wanted to get to that point in the song. And Dirty Little Secrets is kind of similar. And that was where I was, like, torn because I hadn't used any All-American Rejects, and I've already used two other all-time low songs. But I was like, ugh, just like that one better. <laughs> um, but the other reason I think I was I included that scene is because there's, like, the, the like the real story behind that song, Dermot coming in, is that, like, there he really did see, like, a high school classmate at a strip club. Yeah. He really wrote that song. And, like got famous off of writing the song and like this woman <laughs> didn't see the time you know what I mean right, it was right, like right. and like 20 years later I think she like released a TikTok that was like when your classmate writes a song about you <laughs> it doesn't like, tell anyone your name or anything it's, it's sort of um, obviously different genre entirely but it's sort of like the the hey there Delilah thing where that was apparently yeah. about an actual woman yeah um where you're just like, God, could, do you think that's awkward? <laughs> yeah, and I think I kind of wanted this moment where she's like, no, I wanted to, like, anything that I'm doing, I want to do on my own terms, and not yeah. because I'm getting a boost from you, or because I've caught your eye for, like, this moment. Um, so it was, I guess it was sort of a way to give her, like, a, a moment to be like, no, fuck you. Uh-huh. Yeah. But maybe that's, maybe you're right, maybe that's... Yeah, I just, I just think it's a little, it's a little much. Like, a, it's a little, like, it just kind of hits a beat that we get later on, and yeah. we kind of got earlier as well. Yeah. The other thing I would say is from looking at this too is you have a very long act two. It is, which yeah. is because act two is typically shorter than act one in a musical. Yeah, I could. There are like some songs that I uh, I have as like easy cuts, um, which are probably uh, really like having having Riley sing both with me and Sleep in the Snow or mm. on this is probably unnecessary. But I don't know which one. I, would I mean, go. it feels like it's one of those things when you're when you're doing your tryouts and you actually see it on stage that yeah. you like come to the decision <laughs> that like actually this number's hitting more than this one is. So like, yeah. let's cut this. I don't even leave this decision for the rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let let the directors worry about that. <laughs> that was what was bothering me too. Was like I was like, where am I going to put these two songs? Because like he can't do two back to like back to back and like I like with like with me is like was that kind of like lighters up song that I think we was I was missing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these are... I think most of the... I do want this to be, like, a very high-energy show mm-hmm. overall. But you do need some songs that are, you know... You always need your ballad-type your ballad, songs, yeah. 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 Otherwise, it's just a constant... Well, because you, you need... you need Ebbs and flows. Yeah, you need ups and downs. You, yeah. can't, you can't be at 11 the whole time. It's exhausting. Yeah. I know I do have Keep Holding On, so I wouldn't be losing all of them. Um, but yeah. I really like Sleep in the Snow, but I could, it's probably a kitten that I would have to kill. <laughs> or you could, could you mash it up? Like, maybe it's like, you get like 30 seconds of Sleep in the Snow before... Or do you have a means to drag one. something into Act 1 that was in Act 2? <laughs> probably. Um, figure Me Out doesn't even have to be in there. It's just like... So frankly, Matt needed songs. I think he just deserved songs. Um, it doesn't really make sense that much in Act 1. It's the, a lot of the... It is... It is a song that is, like, a latter-day pop-punk song about, like, coming to terms with, like, your career. Mm-hmm. So it makes more sense to be an act two, and it maybe makes more sense for it to be Matt or maybe Travis or maybe Matt and Travis or maybe the group. I don't know. But I did, like, it was just a song that really fit for the musical, but it, it could probably be cut altogether or moved. 
So those are all options. Um, it sounds like you also kind of, like, I think you chose well in terms of matching songs up to the different character archetypes and their personalities. Yeah, I also wanted to make sure that, like, like, yes, Maria got, like, obviously, like, some of these songs are not, they're not, I don't want them to be strictly gender-bound. Like, Maria did get a lot of the, she did get the Avril Lavigne's, um, only one of them, though, but... When you were putting this together, did you start with the characters, or did you, like, have the songs and then you figured out characters you wanted to sing it, or...? Um, I think I mostly... St- I, I kind of... I don't know, actually. It's been... It's like a blur. A little bit of both? <laughs> it's a little bit of both, I think, where I had made this, like, big-ass playlist, and of, like, just... I really just, like, threw a bunch of songs in a playlist, and it was, like, 30 songs, and I... I like, it's actually 40 now. Um, and then I started, like, figuring out, like, what would be, uh, I have this master list here. Um, and I, you can see that I did, uh, if you want to look at it. So I wrote, like, this is the band, this is the song type, uh, I should have drew vibes, I did theme, general themes. And then I started to, like, carve out the final list of songs from picking out ones that made sense and, like, you know, mixing and matching. Mm -hmm. And then, uh characters i think began to form out of that Mm. a little bit but i think i knew that there was going to be like like travis and juliet were the first two to come out to come up with and then i was like i I wanted uh some diversity so i was like one of the guys in the band is going to be gay because i don't think that happens a lot irl but it does in this movie in this musical hey Um, man or the movie adaptation or the movie adaptation (laughs) yeah um so yeah and I wanted to just, like, have that be a part of it. And yeah, I want... And then I was like, well, I want the plot lines. I, I was like, what are the kind of plot lines I want to have? And I wanted to have... I, I knew someone was going to get the plot line of, like, oh, no, I'm a normie. <laughs> I don't want to be... I don't want to be a candidate. Yeah. So I was like, well, not a good candidate for that. I wanted someone to be, like, not doing well in the present and somebody to be doing good in the present. So that was, like, Juliet and Travis. Mm-hmm. Or Jules and Travis, rather. Um... Which has resonance, too, because they were, like, they were a couple, and when they were a couple, there was sort of, it sounds like there was, like, a push-pull between, like, her ambitions and his kind of lack thereof. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, Riley, I don't think existed in my head until I started doing this, and then I kind of really fell in love with his character the most. (laughs) Um, but I just liked that, I just liked the idea of it. And I, his character's weird because, like, initially it was like, well, I, I want to, like, fill out, like, a list of tropes. And I was like, one of them's going to be the emo one. Um, and then he sort of also became this weird thing of, like, in the act two, it became, rather than being, like, a sort of, I guess, like, quote-unquote emo vibe plotline, it's more of, like, projecting your life on social media versus the reality of your life kind yeah. of a thing. Which I thought was an interesting story anyway. Um, but it's maybe not as connected to, like, the pop-punk themes, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean... I feel like pop punk probably, I mean, it still deals with ideas about like being authentic, yeah. uh, a, a, a dislike for selling out. I feel like those are translatable concepts yeah. into the difference between presentation on social media and reality. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I also, because I could, I did this. So that's act one. That's Maria, Travis, Riley. Uh, Juliet and Matt, uh, uh, and then this great. is them in the present day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that. <laughs> you can't tell very well, but he's like, it's supposed to be like half shrugging, and like I tried to have him like put on like 
a little bit of a belly, like a belly. Yeah, yeah. But it, it shows. Show well, yeah. <laughs> and then there's like, you know, anxiety ridden self in the background. I love that. Is that a, oh, it's a guitar. Yeah, he's like holding his guitar. Like, oh, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I mean, she definitely pops as the successful one. Yeah. Because she has heels. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she, is, she seems to have really like put her, she had like a thought when she was putting her outfit together. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, that's a good like. I'm not sure what kind of pop star she is. I couldn't tell. I couldn't go between like, you know, like a that, Taylor Swift five or like a that guy straight up Elise boy. Huh? In his look, that guy's Elise boy. He's Elise boy. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. The character that I like the most, I designed to be Taylor made for me. <laughs> ah. But I really like how I really, I liked the design for Jules that I did too. The hair and everything. Yeah. yeah, I think it looks really good. Yeah, piercings, tattoos. She's she stayed true to the punk. Yeah, a storied existence. <laughs> but yeah, that's my um, that's my musical. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, if nothing else, it left me with a absolutely killer playlist to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was telling Lee this before. I was trying to put together a playlist for mine, and mm-hmm. then like exactly one of the songs is just not on Spotify and I'm just like mother Spotify's tricky in a way yeah um this was this was great though so when I said Julia did you know about the song Check Yes Julia yeah, yeah. I love I fucking love it's it it's a great song it's it's born to run for our era I'm just saying maybe maybe I was born to run <laughs> um I I thought I liked I liked that you indulged in the kind of jukebox musical trope of kind of naming the characters <laughs> off of, like off of the songs. I love that. You got to. Um, you got to. I took a I took a to. joy in putting in like Welcome to My Life because like it's such a meme song, but like yeah. you know what? It's it's a it, like you would sing along to it if it came on. Yeah, of course. Came on. There used to be There used to be I don't think it's happening anymore, but uh in Alston, uh, a bar called Common Ground, they used to have a 90s music thing. Yeah. And they would play a lot of that. that a lot of pop punk. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I look forward to seeing what you guys... I mean, I look forward to seeing this on stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, like, the way I was thinking about this, when I, like, when, when I was envisioning this, I was like, I, there were a lot of times where I was like, this would fucking, like, I would kill to see this on stage. Yeah. Like, people, like, <laughs> running around, doing, like, some cool flips and modern dance moves of course. Some songs. Like, that would just be the best. I feel like that's how I, like, I, my mind will go there pretty often when I'm listening to something. Yeah. Get the how bat, does this look as, like, a yeah. big, big number? Get the bat out of hell choreographer to do it. Hell yeah. <laughs> she did some crazy choreography. She really did. And, I mean, to its credit, this definitely had uh, a much more muscular plot that bat out of hell could bag, you know? Yeah. I think I, I feel like I was, I was a little too ambitious. Like, I feel like if I, given more time, I would slim down some of the threads, but. Listen, um, you're a storyteller, baby. Yeah. That was it. That was my pitch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, guys, um, come back at us in, in two weeks and we'll be two coming weeks. at you with a real movie, a real live movie. A real live movie. Life with movie. Actors and people and the cameras yep. pointed at them. And older than we usually do? A little bit older, yeah. A little bit older, but not the oldest. Yeah, no, not the oldest. Just still Sword in the Stone, I believe. Yep. Is that older than Christmas in Connecticut? Well, we didn't really do Christmas. I guess Christmas we didn't do it. Was, yeah. really, Not five. My way for next yeah. year. All right, guys. Two weeks. Yep. Dropbike.com, uh, Facebook.com, slash Watch Podcast. Uh, all the podcast services. Check it out there. All yeah. Of, all there. 
Yeah. If you can think of it, it's there, I'm sure. Probably not. Anyway. We're here, we're here, put us in your ear. Bye! Bye. Bye. Bye.